This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv and in beautiful streaming audio at amiplus.ca. Easter Seals has launched their 2024 Disability Film Challenge. Over the past 11 years, the annual competition has given a platform for filmmakers with disabilities to spotlight their original work. Registration for this year's competition is open. Nick Novicki has details for you. He's the founder and director of the Disability Film Challenge. He's also an actor based in Hollywood, California. Hey, Nick, great to chat with you again. You and I connected a couple years ago. Really, congratulations on the ongoing success of the festival. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, it's amazing to be back on. And congrats to you on hey. another show. And, you know, <laughs> success. you being such a rock star. Success and mutual admiration all the way around. Hey, Nick, let, let's talk about the challenge itself and some of the context. What's at its core? What's the core idea behind the challenge? Sure. So for those of you that can't see me, first of all, I'm Nick Novicki. I'm a little person. Um, I'm wearing a, a checkered green shirt. I got a little bit of a beard on my face. And I'm a comedian, actor, writer, and producer. And as a little person, I've been very lucky in my career. I've been in over 40 TV shows and movies, worked with Martin Scorsese, the Farley Brothers. I'm in the new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, movie. But the majority of my work has been self-driven with me writing and producing and creating my own content. So 11 years ago, I looked around. I was like, why aren't more people with disabilities creating their content? So I launched the Disability Film Challenge to help other people with disabilities take their career in their own hands. So at the core, this is a competition where you can make films, and it's about including people with disabilities authentically, and about people with disabilities telling their story and ultimately being discovered, and having that be a tool that could be showcased through the industry, but also to the disability community. A couple of weeks ago, there was a daily poll on the show because disability representation is something that we talk about pretty much every single day, often implicitly and frequently explicitly. And the question was posed, do you feel that disability representation in media has gotten better in the past couple of years? And in aggregate, the general agreement was, yes, it's come away. There's still some ways to go, but there has been progress. How do you think this film challenge has been part of that progress? Well, you know, I can't take all the credit. Uh, I got to say there's so many pioneers in the disability inclusion movement, people that have been working for years and years. Um, so I feel very honored to be among a group of people that are doing so much great work. But specifically with the film challenge, I do feel very proud. Uh, we have directly led to countless jobs for people with disabilities in front of and behind the camera. So the unique thing about the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge is you can't just talk about, I want to be an actor, I want to be a writer, I want to be a director, I want to be a producer. You have to actually make a film. You have to get involved. You have to act. You have to direct. You have to write. 
You have to edit and you have to complete a film. This year, the challenge is April 2nd to April 7th. And at the end of April 7th, no matter what, you're going to have a completed film. And that film's going to go on our YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook page. So no matter what, the world is going to see your content. And we've had people that weren't named as finalists or winners, and they ended up in two-year contracts actually working in Canada, believe it or not, <laughs> on a, a show called Louder Milk. Um, you know, and, and all these other opportunities come, but ultimately that comes from people taking their career in their own hands. So I feel so proud of all the successes we've had, but also just so honored to be a part of such a talented community of disabled artists. The film challenge makes sure to offer up themes. You give people a lot of freedom, but you want to put them at least in a little bit of a box here. How are you approaching that this year? What are the themes that you want filmmakers to explore? So we actually announced the full assignment at the start of the challenge. So the reason why we wait to hold off on the theme, um, props, and locations that have to be incorporated in the film is so that we know that these films were done over the course of five days because we have films being created from around the world in Europe. We've had films in India, in Africa, uh, in South America, beyond, you know, obviously North America. So the fact that we allow certain aspects of the theme, the props and locations to not come until the end, uh, that helps us make sure that these are new original films so that it becomes uh, equitable to everybody because some people have you know oscar winners that could be part of their team and fancy equipment and some people are doing it on a cell phone and that's okay and we've had finalists in both categories but we did announce that this year the genre is buddy comedy so that is going to be the genre for this year um and the reason why we came up with that genre is this is the 11th anniversary, and we decided to do a survey to all participants of the last 10 years to ask them what workshops they'd be most excited about, uh, of which you could sign up and live stream if you go to disabilityfilmchallenge.com. And we also asked what genres people would be most excited about, and Buddy Comedy won. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, think there's probably going to be some pretty fun stuff that comes out of that theme, no doubt about it. W what do those five days look like while the challenge is ongoing? Like you said, you're only going to tip so many of the cards here, but what do those five days end up looking like for the people who enter the challenge? Sure. So step one is between now and April 1st, you need to register. So you'll you'll register. Our website walks you through how you sign up, uh, disabilityfilmchallenge.com. And then everybody that's registered will receive an email on Tuesday, uh, April 2nd. And that email, uh, which is going to go to everybody uh, around the world at the exact same time, will have that full assignment, which is the themes, the props, the locations to choose from. And now you have five days to write, produce, edit, and submit your films. And then eventually, over the next week, we put them on our social media pages, and we have what we call the awareness campaign, where everybody's trying to get likes, views, and shares for their films. But if you break down what happens during those five days, you know, I think everybody has their own little recipe of how they, uh, you know, work out their schedule. But I always say you should really look at it the first day you want to be writing 
But, you know, you have pre-production going even before of your cast or crew, people that you want to write to, uh, locations that you may be able to incorporate. Uh, and then, of course, you may have to find a new location as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so then you shoot either the following day or the day after, and then it's editing. So, you know, it's really I, I always encourage people not to shoot more than one day because you don't want too much footage because you have to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where storyboarding really comes in handy. You got to do a little bit of pre-production and prep plan on that first day. How does the work end up getting evaluated? What's that process like? Sure. So we have 20 judges uh, with and without disabilities. Some of the, the biggest names, you know, Oscar winner uh, or nominee, Jim, Jim Labreck, uh, who directed Crip Camp, uh, studio executives, casting directors, writers, actors, producers, uh, people that work in the media. Um, and so they all watch these films. And, uh, you know, some of this is evaluated on how much of the assignment uh, was executed, uh, the production quality. So we have a metric, which is on our website. Um, and the judges really, you know, uh, dive into individual performances uh, for the actor. And so, you know, we really, we throw everybody's results into a spreadsheet. So I wish there was a <laughs> more exciting uh, <laughs> way, but we make it as equitable as we can. And we have a wide variety of people that really watch and spend time, you know, going through each selection. How hard is that for the judges? Because, because certainly art is subjective and everyone has their own tastes. How hard is it for the judges to end up coming up with uh, the winners? You know, it's hard, and I, I got to say, I'm not a judge. So if you're listening right now and you're upset that you didn't win in the past, uh, don't come after me. I'm not a judge. Uh, <laughs> I believe you're talented. No, it's so hard. I, 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 I couldn't be a judge, even if I was, like, able to. And, it, you know, I obviously can't be a judge because I know so many of the contestants. So I removed myself from the judging process. But it's really hard. And you know what? We've had so many people that... I honestly was like, oh, this is going to be the winner. And they didn't get nominated. Wow. Um, so, you know, I, and and that's something else that's very important. With the challenge, whether you are a winner, whether you are a finalist, it is insane how many opportunities end up coming to people that were not named as finalists or winners. The Casting Society of America, which is a worldwide network of casting directors, share all the films. So literally, you know, thousands of casting directors around the world and, you know, in Europe and the Middle East, they're watching these films. And so they're looking for specific talent and also discovering new talent. So whether you're named as a finalist or a winner, you get opportunities. And the coolest thing is everybody owns their own film. So you could submit your film to all these other film festivals. We've had films that weren't finalists. And they screened at countless film festivals around the world. Some have screened at 100, 200 festivals, and they weren't named as a finalist or a winner. Wow. So again, it's all about making your own film and taking your career in your own hands. Ownership, I love it. Disabilityfilmchallenge.com, disabilityfilmchallenge.com. Nick, again, congratulations on the ongoing success. Would love to check in with you again down the road uh, as the competition uh, wraps itself up and maybe even talk to a few of the filmmakers. Thank you again. All the best to you and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me on. That's Nick Novicki, the founder and director of the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. As mentioned, 
disabilityfilmchallenge.com, disabilityfilmchallenge.com to learn more. Or hey, send an email, info at disabilityfilmchallenge.com, info at disabilityfilmchallenge.com. In 60 seconds, the entertainment conversation continues with John Lepke. But first, cars are getting more AI features. Mike Dubusky explains in Tech Trends. From ABC News, Tech Trends, artificial intelligence is already showing up in laptops, phones, and now cars. Volkswagen has announced that ChatGPT is coming to some of its cars and SUVs. Mark Vaughn is the West Coast editor of Auto Week. He says it's designed to make VW's virtual assistant, Ida, more helpful. They're just kind of aimed at, oh, well, now we know that you like Taco Bell. So rather than say, uh, here are 42 restaurants around you, they say, oh, the new nearest Taco Bell is this way. Though he says it could be used for more mundane purposes. If you're just sitting in your car for a long time and nobody else wants to talk to you for whatever reason, now you have ChatGPT. But AI chatbots like ChatGPT have been known to hallucinate or get things wrong. Still, Volkswagen says European versions of the Passat, Tiguan, and Golf will get the integration starting in the second quarter of this year. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Thank you very much, Mike. Turning to the world of entertainment, Celine Dion is coming out with a new documentary, and John Lepke has the story. Hey, John, what's cracking out there? Absolutely. Uh, what's cracking is Saskatchewan's still cold, but on the <laughs> entertainment front, as you as you mentioned, um, so news came out that Celine Dion has a new uh, film, that release date yet to be uh, determined. Uh, it was acquired by Amazon MGM Studios. It's called I Am Celine Dion, and it's a documentary um, uh, seemingly much in the same style as we've seen in the last couple of years with artists really delving into not just what it looks like on stage and off stage, but really getting into their home life. And, and from a disability perspective, this is going to involve Celine talking about having stiff person syndrome, which is something she came forward with in the last uh, year and a half or so, and how it's affected her life. It, it's led to a cancellation of a tour and and uh, lots of comments from family around how uh, this has been difficult for her. John, how, how valuable do you think these disclosures can be in docuseries and documentaries like this? Uh, I think it depends. Um, because I think it has the capacity to be really well, and I honor the fact that people should be allowed, particularly when they have a um, a platform like that, to talk about these things. Where I have concern is when, like, is much more on an audience perspective. Mm. Um, so I have concern when a, a disability gets painted a certain way, or when. Um, like I think, uh, not speaking for you, Dave, but I think we've probably all met disabled people who weren't quite ready to be public about their disability. And I think the pressure that we've put on celebrities to feel public about that, um, these documentaries have more and more talked about disability. I'm thinking about the recent ones from uh, Louis Capaldi and Billie Eilish, where they were both talking about Tourette's. Um, and and so it has the capacity to do wonderful work, but at the root of it, I, I do feel concerned for 
for the celebrities feeling as if they have to disclose like that it has to be the narrative that they have to be super public yeah th um, that this that this becomes the core purpose of making the docu series yeah john it's 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 complex because there's no such thing as a singularity inside disability and inside people with disabilities we're all on our own individual journeys there there are certain collective rights that perhaps we're trying to fight for but we're all coming to terms with it in our own way and we're all going through our own self-realizations you know for example I, I you know I I've, I was born with a disability I knew I had a disability I I experienced it growing up but it wasn't really until I was in my 20s that I started thinking about it in more abstract ways and thinking mm -hmm. about myself as part of something bigger so if at five or six years old you'd ask me to do a documentary or docuseries about my disability even at 18 or 19 I don't think I could have given you the same articulate representation that I'm able to offer today. And that's not to diminish people who have recently acquired a disability or have recently come to terms no. with their own disability, but there does pose that risk that all of a sudden there might be some director or some producer that says, we've got to hit this story before that person has even necessarily come to terms with their own reality. Mm -hmm. And the pressure we put on celebrities to talk about it and, and the pressure we put on ourselves, like you said, Dave, often when when we're not, uh, you know, I wouldn't label you or I celebrities. You know, I have <laughs> I have cerebral palsy. I have a brain injury related disability um, from birth, you know, uh, that is viewable on a brain scan. And yet I didn't see myself or understand myself as neurodivergent until two years ago. Like. Duh, I have a brain injury. Like that probably should have clicked in my brain that perhaps I might be neurodivergent, but it 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 took a while. And and so from an audience perspective, I'm hopeful that this documentary one is um, you know, it is willing to to honor Celine's experience rather than being sort of the gawking yeah, tragedy yeah. narrative that often comes out of these entertainment things. Um, but I'm also hopeful, like, like I know when people see the Louis Capaldi and, and Billie Eilish documentaries that, that you know, there's there's audience feedback that, yeah, there's there's some, oh, how sad for them. But there's also like a, oh, I haven't been, seen somebody be this vulnerable. And there That's is right. value in that vulnerability. Oh, yeah. I think we just want to make sure that it is safe, not only for the performer, but but also for for the audience. Because with, with um, uh, with folks like Sia, we've certainly seen disability representation uh, go awry. Mm-hmm. Platforming that's done well is an amazing learning opportunity. And I think that's where we find ourselves in agreement this morning, which is quality really matters here. So if, if you're going to dip your toe in that water, then you should make sure to do it well. Hey, John, thank you for a pinch hitting for Laura Bain this morning. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. Uh, talk to you soon. You're welcome. I love the sports metaphor. Uh, well, you know, we do what we can. That's John <laughs> Lepke at the Entertainment Desk coming up after the break. Manitoba is talking about some changes to how they generate hydroelectricity and power. I'll have that story in the regional news update. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv.
Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.